Okay, there I was, sitting on the plane, minding my own business as I normally like to do. Nowadays I have headphones so nobody talks to me, but I was sitting on a plane, minding my own business, and a very interesting conversation was going on, which I just could not help to listen to. Not intentionally, but it was like in my face. It was speaking very loudly. What could I do? Anyway, there was a fellow there who was talking about certain experiences he had and he was telling it over to his seatmate. Not sure if they were friendly, if they were driving together. This I don't know. But he was telling him. And he says to him, you know, I had a certain court case. I had to hire a lawyer. Now lawyers in America are very, very expensive. And I couldn't just get a lawyer. It was a very big case involving a tremendous amount of money. I needed to get a top lawyer. I needed to get one of the big guns. I needed to get a lawyer that's going to win this case and make me a tremendous amount of money. Otherwise, there's no chance I might lose all my business and I'll lose all my fortune. So he was telling him what, how he looked, how he searched. He got recommendations to find the right lawyer. And he found the right guy who was apparently unbelievably hard to get hold of and unbelievably hard to get to agree to take on new cases. He said, give me a chance. He called him up and he spoke to him. He told him the situation and he said, he said very carefully, he said like this. He said, okay, listen, if you want to start the case, no problem. I need $20,000 in my bank account by the end of the day and we'll start the case. Meaning, if you give me $20,000, we'll start, the, the, we'll be like, on the cheshven, I'll be on the account, and then we'll take off after that, and we'll refill that if we need to. So, $20,000 is a fortune of money, especially to someone that I don't even know, is, you know, what, what, what's going to happen, but he's supposed to be an incredible lawyer, he's got tremendous experience, I'm going to do it. He puts in, he transfers $20,000 to the lawyer's bank account, he sends in the details of the case, the contact numbers, the email addresses of the people involved. You know, it gives them all the details of the case and the lawyer says, leave it with me. Okay, left it with him, no problem. He knew that the lawyer was sending a few phone calls, a few emails, he was making a few calls, speaking to a couple of people about the case to get it going. He gets an email about three days later from this lawyer saying, alright, there's only $5,000 left in the account, can you please refill the account before I continue? And the guy's like, huh? That's $15,000. You, you, you made a couple of phone calls, you sent a few emails, $15,000. Uh, he said, what's the shot? So the lawyer said to me, you have to understand. This is, he, said, he said, this phone call alone that you called me, it's what the lawyer's telling him. I'm hearing this conversation. The lawyer's telling this guy, you know you've just spoken to me for 24 minutes so far on the phone. You've just used up another $3,000 for the account. We're now holding by $2,000. Guys, are you crazy? That's $124 a minute. That's what this guy's charging. Boy, am I in the wrong business. That's what I was thinking. But it's an unbelievable thing. Because when you know that every moment you're on the phone to a guy, every minute is $124, I can guarantee you one thing. You're going to be very careful the words that you say. You're going to be very, very mindful of every word that you use to make sure that it's used in the right way. Rabbi Isai, I want to start, that is Hashem, brand new series. A brand new series, never done this here before. A brand new series, Hashkafa and Alocha, of Kedusha Sadibo, the power of speech that words can kill. It's an unbelievable subject. We're going to go through a journey through many different halachas, many different ideas. People think, oh, 
It means he's speaking about Lashon Hora. That's what I heard from Oh, you're probably speaking about Lashon Hora, right? Yes, I will eventually, but it might take me five or six shiurim, or maybe even eight, till I even get to Lashon Hara. Because there's so much we have to get to before we even get there. And I'm speaking about it specifically now. Why did I choose now? Because we're holding in Shavavim. Shavavim is a gewaldige, gewaldige yoyim. It's a gewaldige time. Shavavim speaks about how the Zman of Shavavim is a skula for a person to work on in Yone Kedusha. So I want to tell you like this. There are two types of a bris. There are two types of a bris. Number one is a bris hamar. That's a bris mina, a circumcision that a child has a few days after he's born. And then there's something called the bris haloshan. The, circum- the covenant of the tongue of the mouth. Both of these energies are a connection and have to be used carefully and has to be used in the correct manner. Now the function of speech, listen to the comparison, it's absolutely unbelievable, this is a lot of this is Alpi Kabbalah, in the Kabbalah Swan they bring this down, that the, cover, the function of speech parallels the function of reproduction, which is why there's a bris hamar, there's a bris halosh, and they compared one to the other. That the, again, the function of speech parallels the function of reproduction, that means like this, in the lower world, in the world that we see, the output is our offspring, it's our children. In the higher world, in Shamayim, the output is our words that we use when we speak. And just like children are an outward expression of the body of the parents in a physical manner, so to the words are an outward expression of the mind of the speaker. That's what words represent. Words represent what's going on in your mind. And as we'll speak about in the next few shurim, we'll see so much about this and how careful a person has to be and how much you can affect somebody else's life and more importantly, your own life with the words that you use. Speech is a, is a basic tool of creation that separates a human being from an animal. We'll see Be'ez HaShem, the very first Avera that was done in the world was the Nochash, was the snake, with Chava, and the Avera all started with speech. That's how it all began. Wasted words, wasted words is also an Aveira. People don't even realize that. The Vilna Goin. Vilna Goin says a tremendous thing. Says the Vilna Goin that the consequence of wasting speech is a cause of tremendous suffering in the next world. And he explains, and I don't understand exactly what he means, you'll have to understand it on a basic surface level as I did, that the Neshama, as the Vilna Goin explains, goes through. A type of being flung from one place in the world to another place in the world. And every statement that you say, says the Vilna Goin, has to be flung from one end of the world to the other end of the world and never actually arrives. Because there's no goal to that speech. That means if you say something that has no toilet, no goal, no purpose, then the suffering that happens in the next world because of that speech that you will go through is unimaginable. Now again, I don't understand exactly what that means, but it doesn't sound like a party, that's for sure. The Vilna Goin writes, in the Igeres Hagra, in the letter, Ha'ikah l'schus la'olam haba, person wants to get olam haba, Rabbi said, how many years are you on this world for? How many years are you going to live for? 70, 80, 90, Mitzvah Shem, 120, Bezuz Hashem. But Lemaisa, most people, 70, 80, 90, Halavai. Says the Vilna Goin, this world is a small fleeting world, eventually goes away. You live it for a certain amount of time and then it's over. The next world is for eternity. 
The next world is forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. Says the Vilna Gaon, how are you going to be Zaycha to Oilem Abba? Says the Vilna Gaon, the Igeres Agor, Ikelus to Oilem Abba, Bishmiras Piv, is watching that mouth of what it says. Vizeu Yosemikol Hatoyrava Maisim, Kiape Kodesh Kadashim. Says the Vilna Gaon, more than all the Torah, all the Mishnayas, all the Gemaras. All the halachas, everything you've learned in your entire life. So the will of going more than all of that is Kedusha Sapeh. Watching the words that come out of your mouth. Which we'll speak about Be'ez HaShem. Says the Vilna Goyen and he continues that a person has to struggle with this till the day that he dies. Not with fasting, but with placing a muzzle on your mouth to prevent a person from speaking improperly. And this is more than all the fasts in the world. It's the essence of tshuva and it's a kapoor for all the others. Unbelievable thing. Says the Vilna Gaon for one moment that a person is muzzling his mouth and he decides not to say that which he shouldn't. Which again we'll discuss in future Shurim what exactly we're referring to and it doesn't only mean Lashon Hora. If you stop for one moment and you say no I'm not going to say that insult or that whatever it may be to somebody else. Says the Vilna Gaon Yezorcha to a hidden light that the, uh, of the Oragonus that there isn't a malach or creature in the world that can comprehend that light. Just by preventing yourself from saying that which you want to say, which we will explain exactly what that means. The Chovetz Chaim in Shemir Saloshan brings down the following marshal. He says that a person, can you imagine how Zach he finishes Shishay Sudri Mishnah, he goes to all the Mishnahites, he goes to Shas, Be'ian, every Taisvus, beautiful, what a Tamut Chacham. He's sitting in Kolel his entire lifetime learning. Or he's a working guy that mamish, Mishimus Nefesh. He learns Torah at any that minute that he has. What a beautiful thing. He's amazing. Look what he's done. Said the Chavetz Chaim. That guy is going to come to the next world. Alright God. Give me the reward. Let's go. All that reward from all that Mishimus Nefesh. And waking up early in the morning. Going to bed late at night. Giving up on sleep, giving up on all the other things that he wanted to do because they sat and learned. Come on, God. Let me see the reward. What's in store for me? Come on, I finished Shas. Every Toastless. Every Mishnah. I went through a whole Dalad Chelke Shulchanara. Come on, I've I, I got to get something for that. This is the world again. You get up there. Zero. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing left. Everything you did has been wiped out and erased. Says the Chofetz Chaim. You won't find a single Gemara to be... To, nothing! It's gone! Because if you don't watch your mouth, and you don't see what comes out of your mouth, Hashem Yerachim Abayisai. And again, I'm not only discussing Lashon Hora. We'll see Be'ez Hashem has a lot to discuss. The Chavetz Chaim says another idea in Nidcha Yisrael, Perit Chof, Perit Base. He brings down the famous Moshal that he says that if you have a beautiful instrument... That instrument can play beautiful music. You have a guitar, you have a violin, you have a piano, an instrument, a flute, anything you have. You can play beautiful music, beautiful music. If it's missing a string, or if it's missing a bar, a note, whatever it may be, it won't play the same music. Says the Chovetz Chaim, our mouths have tremendous koyach, tefillah, Torah. We need so many things in our lives. Who over here can tell me they need nothing in their lives? Impossible. Everyone needs something, whether it's health, whether it's Simcha, whether it's a Shinnach, whether it's Shalom Bayis, whether it's children, whether it's Parnassah, whatever it is, everyone needs something. 
the Rebbe Chaim writes this in Nefesh Chaim Shadalit that if the whole world needs nothing, then the entire world goes back to Toi Vavoy. There's no purpose in the world. Everyone needs something. Your mouth can accomplish everything that you need. Tefillah is incredible. Tefillah is like the most beautiful instrument, says the Chofetz Chaim, but if you ruin the instrument, it won't play the same music. And when you want to dub them for something that you need, and all of a sudden you need a shirach, you need shirach bias, you need children, you need good children, you need good parnosa, you need things. And you say, God, why are you not listening to me? I'm davening with all my heart! Yeah, but your mouth was used for other things. And your mouth is now missing some strings. Prosha isn't going to play the same music. It doesn't have the same koyach. It's like a knife that's been blunted, that used to be a sharp knife that can slice through an onion in a second with a very swift, gentle push. All of a sudden, now you've got to push and you've got to push, and still it doesn't cut well. Your mouth is the sharpest tool that there is. It can be beautiful and it can slice through anything, or maybe not. And that says the Chovetz Chaim is what a person has to be so careful the words that come out of your mouth. And again, we haven't even begun to understand the different topics that we're going to be discussing Hashem, in this series. But just to give you a hakdoma, you know, we, share, we say in the beginning of Shemana so three times a day, Hashem Sfosai Tiftah, we know that the Rabbi Nishlam's biggest matona to a human being is the ability to speak. In fact, that's what separates us and an animal. And if you don't know how to use that gift, you don't know how to use your mouth properly, there is no difference between you and and an animal. And not only that, we know that the Targum says that when the Rabbi Shalom gave speech to Adam, he made him into a ruach, mamala, a creature of speech. That's what it is. Says the Sparna Gavaldika thing in Parshas Bereshis that the gift of speech is an amazing thing. Because we know that when Bilam, Balak, the whole sugya, that the donkey started speaking back to him. Incredible thing. Says Rav Ruderman from Nei Yisrael that the Sfarnas comparing the two, you know why? Because we should appreciate our speech no less than a donkey speaking, which is the most incredible thing. But I want to tell you something else. Chassam Soifa, I want to tell you an unbelievable Chassam Soifa. This Chassam Soifa is, is mind-boggling. It's life-changing Chassam Soifa. It's in Parshish Kairach and Torah Samosha. Look it up. He talks about the Medrash. It's a famous Medrash. We all grew up with this Medrash. That Kaira comes to Moshe Rabbeinu and asks Moshe Rabbeinu various questions. Question number one. If you have a house full of Sfarim, Moshe Rabbeinu, a whole house, can you imagine, lined with beautiful brand new Sfarim, does it need a mezuzah? And Moshe Rabbeinu said, yeah. That's what he said, right? So, <laughs> so, so, so Kaira said, Moshe Rabbeinu, that's cute. But if I have a scroll with a couple of parishes of Kriyishima that patters the whole house, whole line of Svarim and my Svarim shrank is not going to part of the whole house? doesn't make any sense. Says the Chassam Soifa. Think about it. He had a beautiful taina. He's right! He's right! What's the pshat? Why is it that if I have one little scroll on the engines of my house, it, I, that patters the whole place, doesn't need a safer inside. But if I have a house full of Svarim, I still need a mezuzah. Says the Chassam Soifa in the most unbelievable insight. It's the remez that the mezuzah is dafka going on the door, that a person has to makadish that which is going on on the inside. Says the chsam soifa, it's a remez to shmiras hapeh. The person is guarding the mouth on everything that goes on inside. Says the chsam soifa, that if a person has a guf full of svarim, full of Torah, 
He's so full. He's got Gemaras, he's got Shulchan Aruch, he's got Midrashim, he's got Chumash, everything is inside him. Beautiful. He's a house full of Sfarim. You don't have a mezuzah. You don't watch what goes out of that mouth and what comes in that mouth as well, obviously. Then you have no mezuzah. It's worthless. Totally worthless. But if you have an empty guf, no Torah, nothing. But you have a mezuzah. You have a guard on your mouth. You watch what you say. It patters the whole guf. Like a house without spine. So let me just end with one last thing just for today. There was an 81-year-old man who said over this story, he said he was eight years old, and he said that he remembered years ago he came into shul, and he lost his mother within the year. It was the, I think it was the yard site. He couldn't afford a bus to shul, he had no money. He was an eight-year-old boy, he had to say Kaddish for his mother, it was the yard site. And he comes into shul, and he davens for the omad. It was difficult for him, he was eight years old, whatever. And he goes to Shul, he said, Kaddish, and an old man comes up to him and says, Why are you saying Kaddish? What's the matter? Why are you saying Kaddish? You're eight years old. He said, Well, my mother died within the year, whatever. He says, What? Where's the schnapps? Where's the cake? Where's the alcohol? He said, I, I can't really afford it, you know, I can't, I didn't want to answer, but I couldn't afford anything. The old man says to him, Ah, a yard site without cake, without whiskey, without something. Bah! He vowed at that time, I am never walking into a shul again. If that's what someone can say to me. He said, it took me 80 years to pluck up the carriage and come into the shul once again. Because somebody said something to me that hurt me so deeply. And there was a Siba Eza Hashem as we go to the shulim. We have no idea the koyach of our mouths. We have no idea what it means, the power that everything we say can affect others and can affect ourselves. Be'ez HaShem tomorrow, Be'ez HaShem on Sunday, we're going to go through some of the halachas and ideas that we've spoken about today. Have a wonderful day.